Baby, welcome to it. Happy Tuesday to you. I am Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast, Derek Hunter Show. It's the Muppet Show. Anyway, welcome to it. Action-packed, as always. My God, there just isn't a day off from stupid. Every day they find new stupid. They can't find anything of value underground, but damn it, they can dig up the stupid like nobody's business. Anyway, appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. You can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. You can go to Patreon.com slash DerekHunterPodcast or DerekHunter.Locals.com. Spell D-E-R-E-K and A and uh, support the show. Get the Week in and Review. Get the bonus content. All that good stuff. It's a party going on right there. So what are you going to do? Check it out. And I appreciate it. Five bucks a month is all I ask. Of course, you're welcome. And I encourage more. But it is just anything that you do to help the show. It's really just me and the cats you heard fighting in the background. So any help feeds my kids. You know what I'm saying? All right. I've got a lot I want to get to. And they're sort of disparate, but they're also kind of related it's really a bizarre situation. I didn't want to talk about the Texas shooting. I just don't think there's anything useful that comes out of talking about these mass shootings most of the time, unless they're trying to hide something from you, like obviously they're trying to hand hide the trans chicks manifesto down in Nashville. They don't want you to know what's in it, which means that there's something really, really bad in it. That's all there is to it. They don't, they don't care. <laughs> they just they just don't want you to know it because it does not help democrats it's, it could be it could hurt democrats or it doesn't help democrats those are the two choices that would keep something from coming out as long as possible so it could be as simple as it makes the democrat party platform look bad but if it is something where this is because democrats or blah 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 or i'm supporting joe but if that's in there I definitely don't want that out there. But still, they find a new shiny object to go off on and after constantly. And now we have this shooting down in Texas. I'm not going to give the specifics of this mall massacre much attention. I'm just going to talk about the media reaction to it. Because the shooter who I won't name, is a Hispanic guy. He's a Hispanic guy. He's now rotting in hell, and good for him. Um, is a Hispanic guy, but he's a white supremacist. That's what I want to talk about. The insanity of the left, that they are so brazen, they are so blatant, they are so desperate, they are so pathetic, they are so corrupt and so evil that they would look at somebody, ignore every other sign available to him like he was drummed out of the military he was he was out of the military in three months why because he had undisclosed that's as of now he had undisclosed mental health issues okay undisclosed mental health that might be some kind of a thing you know maybe you should look into that how many times have we seen authorities drop the ball 
Somebody has arrests. Somebody has mental meltdowns and making massive threats. And the FBI, they say, well, thank you for that bit of information. And then they never do anything. The left says, we need red flag laws. We need red flag. And then they don't do anything to implement them. The FBI drops the ball. We need universal background checks. Well, I don't know where this guy got his guns. He might have gotten them illegally, but he might have gotten them simply by going to a gun store. We don't know. We don't know. But it doesn't seem like anybody in the media actually wants to know. They have their culprit. It is white supremacy from a Hispanic guy. Hispanics, you know, just like men make incredible women, Hispanics make incredible white supremacists. So, it's so ridiculous. The uh, the guy who ran the Proud Boys, right? The guy who, I don't know if he's the co-founder or whatever, but he was the head of the Proud Boys. He was a Hispanic guy. Enrico Tario, I think his name was. We'll, he, we'll hear his name pronounced in a minute. And you go, hey, uh, that, that doesn't sound like a typical white supremacist name. Maybe... When the left hears that, they go, well, obviously, he's, he's a confused person. They don't question for a second that, hey, maybe it's not about, maybe it's not a white supremacist. It, he has to be a white supremacist. Why? Because I, he's not a liberal. So therefore, he is a white supremacist. And that's all you need to know. There's no rational, logical thought behind it going, you know, that guy's Hispanic. I don't think that he'd be a very good white supremacist. I don't think he's all that interested in, in white supremacy. If whatever, no, 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 no. You don't know. They don't. They just don't care. It is amazing. I want to play you this clip from The View. And apologies in, ahead of time uh, because it's The View. And it's Anna Navarro. At least she's not chewing in this particular clip. Maybe she is. Maybe she's gotten so good at it. Who knows? Her cavernous pie hole can take a sandwich and spew out stupidity simultaneously. Whatever the case. She is talking about White supremacy being the biggest. White, the View did a lot of talking. And I could have played you clip after clip after clip, but I have too much respect for you. And I don't like the idea of people gouging out their eardrums uh, because they don't want to hear the harpies on The View any longer. So she <laughs> goes off on white supremacy, Hispanic white supremacy. And at the end, it's really telling and, and tells you a lot about leftists. And make no mistake, Anna Navarro is a leftist. She worked for Jeb. She's a, she's a Republican. No, she was never a conservative. She was an opportunist and a pretty dim-witted one. I mean, just listen to her. But she will go off and say, well, some people just deny what they are. That is exactly what the left says about someone like Clarence Thomas. That is exactly what the left says about black conservatives, Hispanic conservatives, anybody. It doesn't matter. Now, I don't know what this guy's a white supremacist. It's ridiculous. But whenever they find anybody who doesn't toe the line separate from this shooting, they simply go, oh, he's, he's not really. Skin folk ain't kin folk. Why, he is a sellout to his people. What do you mean his people? His people could be human beings. No, 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 no. Not at all. You are your skin color. And anybody, anybody who strays from their preconceived notions based on that skin color is somehow betraying 
their skin color. As if you can't, I don't understand. It's so wildly stupid. If you're like, I mean, these are the types of people, and this is the mentality that caused people to scream things like death to all race mixers. Oh my God, interracial marriage should be illegal. Skin folk ain't kin folk. Learn your place. Understand that your skin color should dictate what you think and how you act. You will not find much of a difference if you actually listen to their words and take them at them. You should take them at their words. But listen to them. They tell you exactly who they are. They just simply don't care. <laughs> They're the type of people who would have screamed. And what's weird is some of these people are in interracial relationships. But the mentality, the, the attitude is that of, look, you are betraying your people. What the hell do you mean, my people? I don't care. No, you are, you're an Uncle Tom. You're a sellout. You're this. You're that. You're the other thing. And I, they'll also tell you, love is love, man. <laughs> They're the most conflicted. I, well, no. Conflicted means that they're holding sincere positions. They're not. They hold people who disagree with them in contempt, and they hold whatever position is necessary to justify that contempt for them. That's it. It's it's different. There are people who just have conflicting things and they just don't get it or whatever. Uh, that is, that just happens. That's life. But to, uh, they're doing it for opportunism's sake, for the most part. So they don't give it much thought because it doesn't require much. Opportunism doesn't require any, you don't go, oh, geez, am I being, you know, intellectually consistent on this? No, you don't, you don't give a damn. What is what I need right now? That is opportunism. What is it that I need right now? Let's go with that. I will throw that out there. I will do that. That's all I care about. That's all I need. That's opportunism. That's the difference. Anyway, I've set it up long enough. Listen to Anna Navarro and the white Hispanic. So we all have to remember that the head of the Proud Boys, his name is Enrique Tarrio. The Proud Boys is a white nationalist group. Look, being Hispanic or being black does not, or being anything, does not make you immune from being racist, from being radicalized, from being a white supremacist, from being evil, from being homicidal. And we are seeing it over and over again. There are people, you know, they they don't see themselves as what they are. Yeah. They don't see themselves as what they are. And then Whoopi's like, yeah, yeah. No, they don't. They don't see themselves as, they need to learn their place, damn it. They need to learn their place and just get back in their hole. We'll do it here at The View. It's wildly racist. It's not even close. It's not even a margin call. We're like, well, that could go either way. She's saying, oh, these people are white supremacists and they're people, they don't see themselves as what they are. They don't. They don't. Oh, yeah. And uh, we see you for what you are. People don't hate you because you're Hispanic. We hate you because you're a piece of crap doesn't matter that you're hispanic you just happen to be a piece of crap but you'll cry racism sunny sitting next to you people are so mean and racist to me no 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 no. you're just a piece of crap we don't like you as a person we've judged you as a person we've put aside your skin color like you're supposed to we don't care about that and we find you to be a garbage person and uh, yeah this is what passes for 
This is them without writers. This is what passes for commentary from the left. Lest you think it's just, there's just limited stupidity or specific stupidity on the view. And you're right. There is an incredible amount of stupidity concentrated. If it were, if it had mass, it would collapse on itself and become a black hole. <gasps> Racist. But it is not exclusively on the view. It is seemingly exclusively on the left. But yeah, there are some dumb conservatives as well. But not many. Certainly no one who listens to this show, right? Anyway, the uh, people over at Morning Joe. I get it. They go, wait, okay. You go from the dumb train to the dumb depot. Like, what the hell? Yeah, okay, Morning Joe is a special kind of stupid, but you could find the stupidity all over the left. And it's really interesting because this was an argument that was made on, this is partially an argument that was made on The View. It has been made throughout cable news to the extent that you can call it news anymore. It was, and it is, and I suspect this will become a, a more common talking point in the left because they, they think they're onto something with this. This is what kind of cracks me up. They think they're onto something with this. They say, well, there's uh, other... Other countries have mental health problems because when something like when a crazy evil person goes and kills a bunch of people, you go, there's something fundamentally wrong with that person. And the left looks at them and goes, no, though they're of sound mind, which is a weird argument to make. They're of sound mind. And it's just that uh, they it's the guns, you see. So wait, they're of sound mind. And yet an inanimate object is forcing them or compelling them, however you want to, to murder innocent people. But they're of sound mind, right? No, 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 you're misunderstanding. You're misunderstanding. They're, what they say is, and they'll keep saying it because they really do, when dumb people get a hold of an idea they think is smart, they think is effective, they don't let it go. They're like a, they're like a German shepherd on the other end of a piece of rope. That you you just picked up and the dog grabs the other end. It's like, all right, we'll just let it go. Like, no, 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 no. Never letting go of this rope. It's the most important thing in the world. It's brilliant, this rope. It's delicious. That's what the left is when they get a, a dumb person is when they get a, a bad idea that they think is smart. They just keep going at it. There's mental illness around the world. The only difference is it's the gun. You see, they have mental ill people in... Uh, in the UK, they don't have these kind of shootings. Actually, they do. They don't have them that as frequently, maybe. But they do have them. They have mass stabbings, too. They have a lot of problems over there, too. Mentally ill people are mentally ill. They also deal with mentally ill people in a hell of a lot better way So um, than we do. But, yeah, what are you going to do? They don't have Democrats over there saying incarceration is wrong and nobody should be put anywhere. No, 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 no. The only time the left is concerned about anybody's mental health is when they're facing a murder rap. And they're somebody the Democrats like. And it's a murder. Then we've got to find out if this person is mentally stable enough to, uh, to uh, stand trial. We don't know. We can't know. It would just be wrong. We must not over-criminalize murdering people if somebody's mentally unstable. Then, suddenly they care. Otherwise, they don't give a damn. But it's only when it's somebody that they're interested in 
they care about. And they can't use, they weigh the scales. They really do. It's sick. And the sickness is all over Morning Joe. Like I say, you're going to hear Joe talk about there's mental health issues all over the place. Yeah, especially down in Florida because you married Mika. I mean, my God. He had two other marriages. You can't tell me Mika. Anyway, he then goes on to, well, I don't want to set it up too much. Listen to what he has to say about Governor Abbott on top of the general stupidity. There are mental health problems in Belgium. There are mental health problems in Britain. You don't think there are mental health problems in London? There aren't shootings in London like there are in Texas. It seems like every day, every other day. And this guy also, he's always, he talks about illegal immigrants getting shot, first of all, heinous. And you, you talk to, to, to people who want this, this slaughter to continue, who, who want AR-15s on the street for everybody. And they want to, they'll go, oh, well, you don't ever talk about how the shooter was an illegal immigrant. Well, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. How did a guy who was deported four times, four times, how did he get an AR-15? How did he get all the other weapons? How are all of these people getting weapons? I mean, you know, the thing is, Abbott will do anything yep. but talk about the issue that is in front of him. The, the, the murders in Texas since 2014 by guns have skyrocketed. And all this guy does is say he wants more guns mm -hmm. in the state of Texas. It's sick. It's sick. It's sick. All he does, all he does is watch people get killed. The murders have skyrocketed. It's a, it, my God. And okay, so that's the, the end. I mean, just for God's sakes, you married Mika. Don't talk to me about mental instability. But in marrying Mika, he did reveal, I mean, well, he did reveal himself as being crazy. And having a plastic fetish. But that's beside the point. When it comes to this rant, Joe is lying. He's not wrong, although he is wrong. There's two words you could call this. To be generous. To be semi-accurate if you were interested in such things. And I am, and I'm going to tell you why there's really only one. Because some people would say he's lying, which is the correct assessment. And the other people would say he's he's wrong. Now, first of all, let me prove the case. And just looking up the data about Texas, when he says, well, murder skyrocketed since 2014. Murder skyrocketed down there in uh, Texas. It has not. In fact, the murder rate in Texas has kept pace with that of the United States since the mid-90s. 1996, as a matter of fact, it caught. Now, it was higher. The murder rate was higher in Texas, dating back to 1980 right through 1996. It's weird because Democrats were in control then. Then Republicans took control, and the murder rate dropped significantly, along with, dare I say, more liberal gun laws. <gasps> yeah, no, I know. You can follow along, though. Conservatives passed more liberal, meaning freer, in the old sense of the term, gun laws, open carry, things of that nature, shall issue, free constitutional carry. And the murder rate 
of Texas, if you look at it, it's on my Twitter feed, merged with that of the entirety of the United States. Now, back in uh, 1980, 1979, I think, well, we'll do 1980. I think that's the line there on this chart. The murder rate per capita per 100,000 in Texas was just shy of 17. The national average was just a little bit over 10. So you could see there was a pretty big difference per 100,000 murders in the United States versus Texas. By 1996, they were the same. They were the same. What happened? Well, it turns out that they got rid of Democrats. People don't realize it wasn't that long ago that Democrats controlled Texas. Democrats controlled the South. They really did. They always said, well, it was the Nixon Southern strategy. Really brought out all the white supremacists, blah, 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 blah. No, the... The South didn't turn Republican until 1994. 1994. Bill Clinton, in 1992, carried the South. Carried the South. Now, granted, it was a three-way race, but the South was solid Democrat. Lyndon Johnson came from Texas. He was a senator, longtime senator, before he became vice president and then president of the United States. He was easily winning. Texas was blue. 1994 comes along, and Bill Clinton had had two wildly unpopular years as president. And the people who had voted Democrat for a very long time abandoned them. Not the black vote, but the white vote. They always try and say the Nixon Southern strategy appealed to racists, and that's what flipped the South. No, Nixon ran for re-election in 1972. It didn't flip until 1994. The people who are telling you those things are lying to you because they don't want to admit that exactly two members of Congress, Democrats, switched parties during the fight over the civil rights bills in the mid-60s. Two, Strom Thurmond being one of them. I can't remember the other guy. Doesn't matter. Every other racist piece of crap Democrat stayed a racist piece of crap Democrat until the day they died. They were there waiting with open arms for one of their own In 1973, when he became a United States senator, he was sworn in Joe Biden. Remember, he was embraced by all these racist Democrats. He had to apologize. Oh, geez, sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. But what also is true is I went a little bit further in the murder rate, the murder numbers. Now, I don't know the method of death in these things. So Weasley Joe has a little bit of an out. And he said, the murder rate by gun skyrocketed. That's a Weasley way. I don't know that you can find the data. You probably could if you had a team of people. But the reason I say Joe was lying and not wrong is because... He, well, number one, he has a a responsibility to be accurate, theoretically, on television, on a, quote, news channel. It's his responsibility to be accurate, and he's not accurate. And B, he has a team of people who work on that show who he could easily have looked this up. I did this in a matter of five minutes. So if I could do this in five minutes, the Morning Joe team could have done this in real time. If you just go back to 1990, the population of Texas 
was almost 17 million, 16 million, 986,510, blah, blah, blah. The murder rate per 100,000, 14.1. Okay. Now, Joe was very specific that the murder rate had skyrocketed since 2014. I don't know why he chose 2014. Oh, wait, no, I do. That's when Greg Abbott first became governor of Texas, I believe. So we go from 1990, where it was 14.1 per 100,000, to 2014. Again, you can find all of this, these charts and the links to them in my Twitter feed. 2014, the population of Texas had increased by 10 million to 26,956,958. One would think murder rates must have skyrocketed as well with all these evil... Nope. 2014, the murder rate was 4.4 per 100,000. Now, wait a second. That is long after the the uh, liberaliz- liberalization of the gun laws of Texas had taken place. How is that possible? More people with more guns, carrying more guns, and even more people living in Texas by 10 million. That's a huge bump. How is it that it wasn't just a mass killing field? Well, then you go, okay, well, Joe said it's skyrocketed. It's skyrocketed, right? Skyrockets in flight. Oh, afternoon delight. I'm sure that the staff meetings before Joe and Mika officially left their previous spouses were, no, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, so we go to 2019, since that's the latest data that I could find in a very short order. I'm sure I could find more, but whatever, skyrocketed, skyrocketed. The murder rate has skyrocketed since 2014. Well, 2019... There's 2 million more people in the state of Texas. They're up to 28,995,881. And the murder rate per capita is 4.9%. Now, wait a second. 4.4% in 2014 to 4.9%. That's weird. That's not a skyrocketing. Certainly not good. But it's not a skyrocketing, especially when you look at the intervening years. For those Democrats listening, intervening means the years in between. 2014, like I say, it was 4.4. 4. 2015, it was 4.8. Skyrocketed. That's over the course of one year. That's one-tenth less than the entirety of the gap between 2014 and 2019. That was should qualifies as a skyrocket. But then it went up to 5.3%. Then it went down to 5.0%. Then it went down to 4.6%. And then it was at uh, 4.9%. That brings us back to 2019. That's weird. But if you really want to get interesting, and I really want to get interesting, if you go back, Democrat governors in the state of Texas, the last one was a woman the Democrats actually loved. My God, did they love her. Ann Richards. She was the woman at the 1992 convention, I believe it was, 
when she was up there speaking on behalf of Bill Clinton, and maybe it, it could have been in the 1988 convention, whatever it was, she said that George Bush was born with a silver foot in his mouth. What? Well, the Democrats still spend that, uh, play that clip. Not, it was 1988, 1988 Democrat convention. They still play that clip. They love her. Ann Richards, white-haired Texas woman, boy, howdy. They loved her. Well, she was governor from 1991 to 1995. Democrats loved her. The people of Texas, not so much. Because why? Because they had to live with her aftermath, with her wake. So she was governor up until January 1995. So let's just go back. Okay, 91, I told you. 1991 was uh, not a good year for the murder rate. That was her first year, so we'll give her a pass, 14.1%. But then it went to 15.3%. That's huge. 12.7%, or 11.9%, 11%. Then she loses. Then George W. Bush comes into office. And in pretty short order, it goes from 11%, or 11 per capita, 11 per 100,000, to 6.1 per 100,000. By 2000, it was 5.9 per 100,000. That's a pretty, pretty big drop. That's a pretty damn big drop. That's pretty impressive. All while not having Democrats in power. Now, I know what you're saying. Ladies and gentlemen, you have listened to me long enough, and even if you're new to this, you may well have heard that I say if you control the unit of measure, you control everything, right? Forgive me for going long on this, but I really want to hammer this point home because it pisses me off when people do this sort of crap. If somebody tells you a statistic or a per capita, if they use a percentage, they're hiding something. They don't want you to know the raw numbers, right? They don't want you to know that murders jumped by 50%. Yeah, they went from... from uh, Two to uh, to three. So that's a jump of 50%. You take half of two and you add it in there again. It's a jump of 50%. My God. So I'm not just going to give you the per capita numbers because the per capita numbers are clearly skewed by the population of Texas gaining more than more than half. More than half. It went from 16 million to 26 million. A 10 million bump on that or 17 million to 27 million. Whatever. A 10 million bump is a huge, huge bump. So let's go to raw numbers. These are also in my Twitter feed. If you want to learn these or just spread them on Facebook or whatever, post this on Facebook, clip it if you know how to do that. But we'll go to raw numbers of murders. So again, we go back to 1990, right on the verge of Ann Richards coming in. 1990, 2,300 and 89 murders in the state of Texas, with a population, again, just shy of 17 million. Not good. Not good at all. The next year, when Governor Richards came in, surely, out of respect for this white-haired wizard of liberalism, they would have, she, I mean, she said silver foot in her mouth. Right? No, it bumped up rather significantly. 2,652 murders just the next year. It was not a good time, the Richards administration. In fact, I don't believe there was a year of the Richards administration where there weren't more than 2,000 murders. 
2,239 the next year, 2,147 the year after that, and 2,022 after that. Then in comes that reckless cowboy, the son of the guy with the silver foot in his mouth, George W. Bush, and suddenly the number of murders drops rather significantly. Well, and it's not just percentage-wise. It's not just per capita, as I told you already. The number, it went from 2,022 in 1994 to 1,693 in 1995. Now, statistically, that's a pretty big drop. In raw numbers, that's a pretty big drop. Then it continued to go down, which is the damnedest thing, because Republicans, again, were in charge of the state and liberalizing gun laws, making it easier to get guns, making it easier to carry guns, making it easier everywhere along the road. It should have been a virtual killing field. But no, the raw number of murders continued to drop, so much so that by 1999, the total number of murders in the state of Texas, where the population had gone from just shy of 17 million to just over 20 million, 20 million 44,141, the number of murders in the state was only 1,217. Now, I'm not trying to make light of 1,217 murders. No murder is good. But if you double that, you get 2,434, which is still less than the number of murders in Ann Richards' first year at 2,000. 652. In fact, it's 218 fewer than when the last Democrat was in office. But okay, that wasn't what Joe Scarborough was talking about. He was talking about from 2014 to 2023. The number of murders skyrocketed. So we're not looking for an increase. We're looking for a skyrocket. A skyrocket. Now, granted, Joe is right in picking the 2014-ish time period in that the number of murders in the state of Texas were exceedingly low, especially relative to where they were in the early 90s when Democrats were in charge. In 2014, there were 1,192 murders. Now, that is, again, with 10 million more people in the state than in 1990 when Democrats were in charge. That's a pretty healthy, healthy drop in the number of murders. Forget the murder rate. We've already covered the murder rate. And the number of murders, that's a huge, huge drop and a good thing. Good thing. Fewer people being murdered is a good thing. Except for Democrats, but that's beside the point. That's beside the point. So then you go to 2019. Now, Joe is right. There was a, it's kind of an up and down Joe is right in that there were more murders in 2019. Again, I don't know what the total number of murders in 2023 were. I guess I could look up that. Murders in Texas 2022. That's for fun of it. Let's see if we can find out how many it is. No, that's just Fort Worth. It's not, see, it's not easy to find. It is, it's not that difficult to find these data, but... 
just deaths. I don't need any. The problem is you get COVID mixed into this mess. But we'll just go with 1990 or 2019. The number of murders in 2019 in the state of Texas was 1,409. That is more than the 1,192 in 2014 by 217, which is still one fewer than the number of deaths under the last Democrat governor if you took the following Republican governor and doubled the number of deaths. You see what I'm saying? The number was 218 that I just got into. So again, not exactly a skyrocketing there, far as I can tell. I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody can find some creative data out there to prove anything you want to prove. That's the funny thing about figures. Is uh, what is it? Liars. Fig- I can't remember what the the saying is. A pretty good saying though about uh, figures and liars. But I just thought that was very interesting that Joe is out there saying that the number of murders is skyrocketing in the state of Texas, when in fact the number of murders is not skyrocketing in the state of Texas, particularly when you look at the population of the state of Texas. By the way, from 2014 to 2019, again, I'll tell you, 3 million, 2 million more people moved to the state of Texas. 2 million more people, and there were 218 more murders. Not good, but not skyrocketing. Then you have to ask yourself, why do Democrats have to lie? If they have the truth on their side, why do they have to lie? The truth is, the reality is, they don't have to lie because they have the truth on their side. They don't have the truth on their side. That's the truth of the matter. They don't have the truth on their side. That is why they lie. You say something fleeting. It sounds like it should be. There was just a mass shooting in Texas, and there was another mass shooting in Texas. The illegal alien killing that family. Ignore that. How does he get a gun? Forget how he got a gun. Why is he in the country? How about that one? Right? We don't have to worry about him getting a gun if he's not in the country. Joe, I get it. You're not a deep thinker, just like you don't know these things. Now, I found, I recommend you find this in my Twitter feed and look it up. It's two consecutive tweets, and you can find it really easily if you look at the, uh, what the hell is it? On my Twitter profile page, you go uh, right there on the right is like the pictures that I tweeted, and these are screen captures, but there are links in there. Recommend you find it. Find a way to formulate your own argument, and you don't need to give me credit for it. But when somebody talks about this, when somebody does something so wildly stupid and such blatant lying, point it out. Nine times out of ten, they're lying. Every once in a while, they'll be telling the truth. Every once in a stopped clock is right twice a day. But it is wrong every other minute of the day. So look it up, even if it doesn't seem right. Like, hey, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. It may be right. You don't know. But... Check it out. Fact check the left. If I can do it, and I'm just a guy with a wife, two kids, and cats, anybody can do it. And you can formulate this argument. And you can blast 
a hole right through their argument. You're not going to convince them. Joe Scarborough isn't going to go, oh my God. I read this series of tweets from uh, from Derek Hunter the other day and uh, Mika was crying in the kitchen and it was. I realized that I had been... I had been horribly wrong. I had, instead of reciting facts, I recited left-wing talking points. And for that, I apologize to the Morning Joe audience. I shall therefore resign. This, no, he's never going to do that. He's never going to admit he's wrong. They won't do it. They still... I want I don't know that I played this montage yesterday. I can't remember. But I played it on the Weekend F and Review. I know that. And I'm going to play it now because Joe Scarborough features prominently in this. Just to show you, just to illustrate, it's, it's apropos of, of how the, the, the leftist media just lies. They draw, it's, <laughs> there's a show called Flavor of Love. It was about women trying to allegedly fall in love with Foofy Foof. Flavor Flay, but Bridget Nielsen called him Foofy Foof. Remember the, that weird time in the early 2000s when somehow Flavor Flav and Bridget Nielsen became an item or a hot commodity or whatever the hell it was because they were on the surreal life. This is probably sounding all Greek to you, but Flavor Flav's a rapper from Public Enemy wore a big clock around his neck. 911 is a joke, is uh, one of my. It's a great song. But um, he had a house full of women. Flavor Flav is just not, it's not somebody you want on your trivia team. He's not somebody you'd probably want to, to date your daughter. So the women that came on the show were not, I don't know, they didn't have a whole lot else going on maybe. I don't know, I don't know. I watched the show, I remember it. And I remember distinctly this one lady running up the stairs and, and literally pooping herself. I I swear to it comes flying out of her skirt and everybody's like what the hell it was if it sounds sick it was sick but it was fascinating as well how an adult could do that but the uh that's what morning joe is that's what the left is they just walk around dropping bombs and moving on they'll come over and do it right on your new carpet right on your new couch right on your kitchen table right in your dinner and you go, dude, what the hell are you doing? And they go, oh, no, 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 moving on, moving on. And they'll come over the next day and they'll, you'll be looking at them weird. And they'll go, what are you looking at me weird for? He's like, because you came over and you took a dump on my couch. Like, nah, yeah, let's not talk about that. And he, well, actually, they won't even say that. They'll just not talk about that. It is amazing how these people operate. So just to illustrate, I want to play you this montage. It's a little bit long, but it's well worth it. This montage of the gas stove. If you subscribe to the Week in F and Review, you've heard this, but it's it's worth listening to again. Because there won't be, you point this out to Joe and he goes, oh, geez, I really, sorry. Sorry about your couch. No, he doesn't even acknowledge it. And it's the same. He features prominently in this. The Morning Joe gang features prominently in this. This is a montage by Grabian Media of... A whole bunch of Democrats saying, you're a Republican conspiracy theorist. Uh, Democrats are going after their gas stove. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Nobody's going after your gas stove. And now we have New York State on the verge of banning gas stoves. 
and there won't be a single I saw somebody who was cute the other day I think it was Jonah Goldberg he wanted to pat him on the head and give him a, a lollipop he's going hey uh, what I really want I don't care I don't expect anybody to do it but it would be nice if somebody in the in the media who was saying it's a right wing conspiracy theory that they're coming for the gas stoves whatever. it'd be nice if somebody acknowledged that now that Democrats are actually coming for the gas they're not going to do that never the left comes over, takes a dump on your couch, and walks out. That's it. And they'll be back tomorrow, too. So, listen. I'm sorry about that image. I don't know why that flavor of love thing came to me. But that's that's what Democrats are. She was running up the stairs, and she had she, they did a big interview with her. She had to run up. What tells you about Flavor Flav is he didn't, like, evacuate her from the house after she evacuated on the stairs. He kept her around for a while. This is that kind of this is the heyday of reality television, which we're about to return to since there's a writer strike. Anyway, the uh, here is that montage. You might think that the U.S. government is coming for your gas stove. That is a new and absolutely ridiculous one. Turns out Fox News and Republicans are up in arms because they say the government is coming to take your stoves. What Republicans are saying is. Damn it, they're going to take your gas stove. GOP have been stoking a ridiculous new freakout about gas stoves. No one is taking your gas stove. The right-wing freakout over the use of gas stoves is merely the latest in a long series of made-up culture war battles designed to enrage and rile up their right-wing and paranoid base. Republicans are prone to conspiracy theories, whether it's, you know, the kooky, like JFK Jr.'s coming back from the dead to run with Trump, or um, the sort of duplicitous, like, this administration's coming to take away your gas stoves. Republicans have turned a government warning about your health into a lie about Democrats trying to take your stoves. You get some bureaucrat saying something that has no power, and then suddenly you have Ron DeSantis, so I'm going to protect your gas. Everybody's going to be talking about gas stoves, gas It's so stupid. People were tweeting at me this weekend that Ron DeSantis is going to protect my gas stove. So, but I don't seem to be, but the sheer stupidity of it. And if it were just bloggers, that would be one thing. But when you have Kevin McCarthy going out and, and other people talking about gas stoves, because they keep getting dumber and dumber. You know, the Republican party has become uh, addicted to this culture of lies and conspiracy theories that they have fomented, right? And so they know that there is a substantial number of people uh, in the country, uh, in their party, who they can convince that this is true and that it will enrage those people. Uh, they, they, this is, the, cons- this is the, the economy of and the culture of conspiracy theories, right? There are, I'm, I'm certain, you and I, We'll be able to drive through uh, parts of the country 10 years from now, and people will be saying, do you remember back when Joe Biden was in office and they tried to take away our gas stoves? New York City is moving to snuff out gas stoves. New York becoming the first state to ban natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new buildings, including gas stoves. The new law requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings shorter than seven stories by 2026. Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic-controlled state legislature approved a bill on Tuesday prohibiting the use of fossil fuels for heating and cooking. The law is the first statewide ban in the nation and goes into effect in 2026 for buildings under seven stories. 
Yeah, but it'll never, ever happen, so don't worry about it. Joe and Meek are on the case. Michael Steele's on the case. Essie Cup's on the case. They're all on the case. They're all idiots. They're all liars. They're all frauds. And not a single one of them came out and did any kind of mea culpa, going, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. I care about my reputation <laughs> a little too much to just let that slide. Nope. Nothing. Nothing at all. Speaking of nothing at all, and I'm going to, oh, by the way, I know that I was, you know, I said yesterday that we're going to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'll give you my review. We ended up not going to see Guardians of the Galaxy because of schooling issues with the kids. They had to school and it would have been too late. And then soccer practice so it was like, to hell with it. We're going to go see it. To, the plan is now Wednesday, so we shall see. So if we go see it on Wednesday, I'll give you my review on Thursday. Um, but ve- vapid, vacant people. Of course, when you talk about stupid, hypocritical leftists who leave nothing but destruction in their wake and they are oblivious to it, you have to talk about one of the masters, one of the best at it, one of the best in the game. I'm speaking, of course, of the very historic Karine Jean-Pierre. Karine Jean-Pierre. Somebody calls her Karine Jean-Pierre, which is brilliant. Wish I'd thought of that. But Karine Jean-Pierre, you see, she's so historic, secular bleu, the way that she goes up there and she reads directly from the... She reads directly from the page in her native language as though she's never seen these words before in her life. So historic, so wildly, wildly historic. She was asked about the debt limit. The debt, the Democrats are desperately trying to like, give Republicans they could do anything. We're going to default on our our loans. It will be the first time we ever default. If we default, it'll be because the Treasury Secretary decided at the order of the President of the United States that we were going to default. That's the only way this country would ever default. But they want... A political victory. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Republicans ultimately give them a political victory. I can see both sides of this. It sickens me. But to say, look, you've, you've committed to spend this money. Spend the damn money. You shouldn't have spent the money. That's my problem. Don't spend the damn money in the first place. And you wouldn't find yourself in this predicament. But in the battle, the president of the United States is not at all interested in having any discussion about controlling spending at all. It's kind of funny. They always do this. And it's so wildly frustrating that Republicans can't message against this. Democrats, we're perfectly willing to discuss spending, but not as part of this. We need to not perfectly willing. Then you're not willing to perfectly willing. If if you say, you can have that ham sandwich, but not, not right now. You have to agree to this first. Well, I'll agree to this if you just give me the ham sandwich. No, no, no. You can't have the ham sandwich. It's separate from this. We have to agree on this. I just want to shut up, agree on this, and then we can talk about the ham sandwich. All right, fine. We'll agree to this. Now, can we talk about that ham sandwich? What ham sandwich? I think there's no ham sandwich here. So there is a bit of Lucy with the football here. But Republicans haven't exactly been the most convincing Charlie Browns, to be honest with you. So when they've had the chance to control spending, they didn't really do it either. None of these people are saints. That having been said, sooner or later, somebody's going to have to take this seriously. 
I'm not here to talk about the debt limit. I suspect we will raise the debt limit at the last minute. Everybody will come out and fillet themselves in front of the whole crowd. Oh, we did it. We saved the day. And then they'll be right back to whatever it was the day before. It won't matter at all. That having been said, on that discussion, the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre said something that is so, so funny. Not intentionally, of course. I don't know that she's capable of being intentionally funny. But so full of irony as well. When you hear this clip, I want you to listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre speak. But I want you to think about, I want to plant a thought in your head. She's talking about borrowing money, spending money. The money's gone. You agreed when Congress appropriated these funds the month it was agreed that they were going to appropriate these funds they're going to spend this money you don't do that and then not spend the money you don't you, you realize that you don't order a pizza and then when the pizza guy shows up and says here's your pizza it's going to be uh, 12 bucks you don't go eh, i don't know about this 12 bucks thing you don't spend money that way you don't do that with the full faith and credit unit, you enter into an agreement, a covenant, if you will, when you order that pizza, that the Domino's guy will get paid when they show up. Now, as you hear that, and you'll go, maybe you'll go, maybe you won't. You go, you know what? It kind of makes a little bit of sense. Forget the subject at hand. Forget the debt ceiling. Think about student loans. Think about student loans as you hear this. And then the irony seeps in. You are, if you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before. And now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. They've already spent. Let's not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and happy to vote for. So we're telling them or saying to them, do your job. Pay for something that you've already spent on. That's it. This is spending that has already occurred. They need to do the right thing that has been done 78 times since 1960. It's that simple. It is very, very simple. It is the right thing to do. It is their constitutional duty. It is not complicated at all. This is not complicated at all. If you buy a car, you got to make the monthly payment. Yeah, if you take out $200,000 in student loans to get a bachelor's degree in transgender studies, uh, you got to pay that money back, don't you? And then we're no, we're not talking about that. They don't even seem to know what in the hell they're talking about. They really don't. The best argument against liberalism is to simply point out what they're doing and what they're saying. And the disconnect between those two things, oftentimes. Just sit, you, you got to make these payments. Your mortgage payment. Wait, who is it that bailed out all the mortgage? It doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. 
Yeah, suckers out there who pay their mortgages every month when, in fact, the government should just swoop in and force the banks to eat it. Let's do that. That's that's the American way. Why does anybody pay for anything? Hey, uh, FDIC, you insure bank accounts up to $200,000. Yet there are banks that failed, filled with rich people who had way more millions, tens of millions of dollars in these banks. Knowing the risk they were taking... Because everybody knows that the FDIC insures up to two hundred or two hundred fifty thousand, and the government says, "Yeah, but these are rich people. These are rich liberals. These are Democrat donors and Chinese communists. They're not only Democrat donors; they are Biden investors. They're early adapters. They own the preferred stock in Biden Incorporated, so they get the money. They don't even know what the hell they're doing." They sent her out there. Now, a rational person would go, you know, I'm making an argument against the student loan forgiveness thing here, right here, right? You know this, right? Like, If I were one of the lawyers on that case, I might go quickly, let's let's do an amicus brief and file it really quickly, just quoting this press statement from Karine Jean-Pierre. And then we'll put up in parentheses, she's so historic. It's unbelievable. Lastly today, from the Washington Post, they're getting a little worried over there on the left about Joe Biden, as they should. And the media is recognizing that the heavy lift required for Weekend at Bernie's 3 is going to be possibly more than they can handle. And so they're telling Joe, essentially they're sending a message to the White House that somebody's going to need to put up or shut up. Somebody's either got to prove, give us proof of life and proof of cognitive abilities or joe biden's going to have to drop out so we can get a different democrat that we can drag across the finish line the editorial board at the washington post their headline for today's paper the 9th of may biden no longer does press conferences that's not acceptable it's not acceptable they write president biden hasn't dropped the microphone he appears to have lost it <laughs> Mr. Biden is turning into a news media evader, and it's harmful to his presidency and the nation. Oh, no, they see they're worried about his presidency. They put it they put it in the proper order. It's harmful to his presidency and the nation. I mean, don't worry so much about the nation, but worry about his presidency. In the past 100 years, only presidents Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan averaged fewer news conferences than Mr. Biden. A news conference involves the president taking questions from multiple reporters in a one-on-one interview with hand-picked journal. Uh, with multiple reporters. A one-on-one interview with hand-picked journalists does not count. It's kind of ironic that they're referring to Stephanie Rule as a, a journalist. She is not. And neither, I mean, MSNBC isn't a journalistic outfit. So far in 2003, Mr. Biden has done zero solo news conferences. He did conduct two joint news conferences in which the president and a visiting foreign leader faced the media together. It should not take a visit from Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau or South Korean President Yoon suk Yul for the American public to hear the president answering urgent questions from a free press. Presidents also typically interact informally with the media, answering a few questions on the way to an event. Mr. Biden doesn't do many of those exchanges either. Mr. Biden even joked that blah, 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 the thing. 
It happened again on Monday. Mr. Biden appeared alongside Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. That was the only proof of life we got of Joe. He's like sitting there telling people that we're going to find airlines if they have to sit on a tarmac. So long. This, is the, this is what the president does. This is what your local chamber of commerce should do. We'll give you a bad Yelp review. And nope, it's the president. Mr. Biden appeared alongside Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to brief reporters on new efforts to force airlines to compensate passengers when a flight is canceled. As soon as his remark ended, Mr. Biden turned and walked off, ignoring questions from reporters. This comes after the president claimed on Friday that he was doing a, quote, major press conference that evening. In reality, he was doing an MSNBC interview which is pathetic, which is a sign of senility. The White House had to walk that back. Taking questions from the media promotes public accountability, they write, as they conclude. It also shows that the president is willing to defend his positions and instills confidence that he can do the job. And that is the last bit. That is the twist of the knife. That's the twist of the knife of the left. He can do the job. It is widely known that Mr. Biden is gaffe-prone and that news conferences are not his forte. But he runs, as he runs for a second term, he should be eager to show he can handle all aspects of the job. Pick up the microphone, Mr. President. The media is not your enemy. That's the Washington Post editorial board. Of course, the media is not their enemy, his enemy. The media is his friend. The media is his organ donor. My God, they're the puppet master. There is Geppetto. And that Joe is dutifully avoiding them them they're the fluffer on the porn set that he's avoiding them should terrify everybody it's a softball interview like somebody bragging i'm really good at baseball i'm really good at baby well we're going out with the corporate uh the company softball team today let's come on come on and play the game no 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 i can't do that and then they suck at t-ball turns out they're hitting the home plate with t-ball you can't help a guy who is beyond help. Joe Biden is far beyond help. It's gone. And they're getting scared that the American public are going to pick this out. That 36% approval rating, yes, it's only one point lower than the all-time record, but it is an all-time record. And they're afraid that the next poll is going to be 35% or 34%. They're wondering where the bottom is. They're looking at the heavy lift they are going to have to engage in to drag him across the finish line. And make no doubt, they're willing to do the work if they think they can do it. But they'd much rather have somebody who can at least help with the crawl. And it's abundantly clear to more and more leftists that that's probably not Joe Biden. Now, this could this could all change if Joe comes out and, you know, they dope him up with God knows what. They put an earpiece in him and they feed him pre-screened questions. He might be able to limp his way through a press conference and buy himself six more months until they start griping again. But they're griping not because they want questions answered. The questions they're going to have for Joe are about on par with Stephanie Rule's questions which are nonsensical gibberish. They're just worried that they need enough. They can't drag somebody across the finish line. You can't drag an empty suit across the finish line. you got to make sure somebody's in there. The American people are only going to buy this for so long. Already seeing majorities saying this guy doesn't have it anymore. They've got to have something. The left is desperate to have something. 
to show. They can say, see, uh, no, he can do it. That's that's not Joe. be interesting to see how this shakes out. If anything can get Joe in front of the microphones, it's most likely a uh, Washington Post editorial. The only thing that could be worse is a New York Times editorial on this one. I don't know if they'll go there. Not yet. But we'll see. Anyway, that is enough for today, I say, don't you? Didn't it? Have yourself a wonderful Tuesday. I'll be back to do it all again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.